What is up, Mariners fans? I'm Seattle Sports Media's utility infielder, Andy Patton, and you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Mariners had an off day yesterday, and since their upcoming series is against Toronto, a team they just played, I figured instead of doing a series preview like I normally do, I'd focus on Seattle's two upcoming starting pitchers, rookie Justice Sheffield tonight and King Felix Hernandez on Saturday. That'll be segment one, and then coming up in segment two, I'll talk about Austin Nola's mysterious rise this season in our second StatCast Friday segment. Finally, we'll continue our tradition of celebrating birthdays for former and current Seattle Mariners. There are just two birthdays to celebrate today, but stay tuned to find out who. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everybody else. Then you are the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football, available on your favorite podcast provider. All right, y'all. I can honestly say I was not expecting to be this excited about a mid-August series between the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays, but here we are. I'm excited for a bunch of different reasons, not just because the Mariners have taken two out of three from the last three series that they've played, including the Blue Jays just last weekend, not just because Toronto has an incredibly group, an incredible group of exciting young players like Bo Bichette, who seems to be hitting home runs and doubles off literally everybody, including two home runs off Clayton Kershaw, Vladimir Guerrero, who had an injury scare last week against the Mariners but is healthy. Kevon Biggio, they, they have a very, very exciting team, so it'll be really fun to see their young players in action. It'll be really fun to see a Mariners team that seems to be firing on all cylinders in action. I'm one of those weird Mariners fans who kind of enjoys when Toronto's in town. Uh, I know I understand why people don't if you're one of those fans who thinks it's obnoxious, that there's a bunch of Toronto fans, that they take up all the seats, that it's a louder crowd for Toronto than Seattle. I get it, but... You know, it's a good chance for these fans to see the team. They wouldn't get to see them otherwise. I think it's fun. I've interacted with a lot of uh, Blue Jays fans and talked, asked them how long of a drive it made, kind of answered questions about the venue, the team. It's. I think it's a lot of fun. If you're one of those people who stays home because of this, I get it. If you're one of those people who goes and is miserable, I, I mean, I kind of get it, but also just don't go. Like, it's been on the calendar all year. You know when it's going to be. Anyway... That's not the main reason that I'm excited. The main reason I'm excited is for the Friday and Saturday night starting pitchers. Friday night, the Mariners are going to roll out Justice Sheffield, their number ninth ranked prospect. He was higher than number nine when the season started. I think he was number one for most venues. Um, but Sheffield is going to make his long-awaited return to the major league rotation. Um, I'm excited. I'm curious. Expectations are a little bit tempered. Uh, for those of you who have been following along, Sheffield was the prized prospect return in the James Paxton trade over the offseason. He was, at the time, universally considered a top 30 or so prospect in all of baseball. He was one of the Yankees' top pitching prospects. He's a left-hander. He throws really hard from the left side, bigger guy, some CC Sabathia comparisons in there, which are a little bit lazy because he was a big lefty on the Yankees, but whatever. I understand them. And he just has not been able to throw strikes. You know, it was an issue for him coming up. He was in the Indian system for a little bit. He came over to the Yankees uh, in the Andrew Miller trade. And command's always been an issue, uh, and it really reared its ugly head. You know, he's only thrown one game with the Mariners this year. He threw three innings. They were not good. He faced 14 batters. He struck out three of them. He walked four of them. He gave up a home run to one of them. 
not a good outing, but I'm not going to judge Justice Sheffield on one three-inning outing in the major leagues. However, his AAA numbers are nothing short of atrocious. Uh, he made 13 appearances with Tacoma. 12 of them were starts. He had a 6.87 ERA. He had a 7.85 Ks per nine, which is okay. But honestly, for a guy who's supposed to be a high strikeout guy, he's striking out less than eight guys per nine innings. That's not great. And then he had an abysmal, abysmal, abysmal 6.71 walks per nine. That is scary bad. I mean, he <laughs> you're walking seven guys per nine innings. That is, yeah, not good. I, I, I don't know how many other ways I could think to say bad. Um he had a 1.96 home runs per nine, which is bad, but it's the PCL, it's the juice baseballs in AAA, whatever. Lots of guys are giving up home runs, um, but still very scary. Scary enough that the Mariners sent him all the way back down to AA. He was pitching for AA Arkansas for a while. He made 12 starts at that level, and things went really well. 9.81 Ks per nine, 2.08 walks per nine. That, to me, is startling. Like, I get you're playing a lower level of competition, so of course his ERA went down, which it did. It was 2.19, which is phenomenal. I get his strikeouts went up. They jumped nearly two strikeouts per nine. But he cut his walks. He cut them in a quarter. Went from 6.71 walks per nine to 2.08. Sure, hitters are a little bit less patient. They swing at more pitches. It's easier to blow a 95-mile-an-hour fastball by a double-A guy versus a triple-A guy, so you don't have to nibble on the zone as much. But still, I mean, that... Hopefully this is a change in approach as opposed to just kind of a fluky all of a sudden he figured out his command. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on here. Um, I'm hoping that some coaches may have noticed some things, um, maybe f- tweak something in his delivery, tweak something in his approach, anything like that, and that, that may have led to him figuring something out. Um, it's, that's, that's what we won't know until we get to see him at the big league level or the AAA level, which is why I'm so excited for Friday. The Blue Jays, or today, the Blue Jays are not the most patient hitting team. Um, so I think that he might get away with being able to uh, maybe not hit the strikes on as much as possible and still get away with it because they have some young hitters. They chase a lot of pitches. Um, but they're also a team that will punish you if you're around the zone too much, too. You know, So I'm curious to see what he does. Um, he's going up against Trent Thornton. The Blue Jays aren't all that good as a team. The Mariners could win this one. It's their first game back from a successful road trip. There's going to be a big crowd. Yes, it might be a lot of Blue Jays fans, but it's going to be a really fun atmosphere at T-Mobile Park tonight, and I'm really, really excited about seeing Justice Sheffield back on the bump. Maybe, maybe not quite as excited as I am for Saturday's game where we're going to get to see the King back in action. Felix has not pitched for the Mariners since May 11th. He made eight starts earlier in the year before going on the injured list. He's been out since then. He had a couple rehab starts that looked pretty good. He threw in Everett. He threw in Tacoma. Now he's slated to come back. I'm curious what King Felix we're going to get here. You know, I'm not certainly not expecting Cy Young King Felix. That would be beyond foolish. Um, I'm not even really expecting, like, 2016 was his last solid season. He had a 3.82 ERA. You know, maybe he can be a low or a high threes guy the rest of the season. Maybe. I... You know, we haven't seen it in a couple years, um, but I'm a little intrigued just because of his numbers this season. You know, admittedly, on the surface, they look bad. He In his eight starts, he had a 6.52 ERA. That's obviously not good. Um, he had a 1.50 whip, which is also bad. Uh, his 7.91 Ks per nine is okay. You know, King Felix obviously was a was a higher strikeout guy than that for most of his career, but he was never a huge strikeout guy. He never posted a Ks per nine over 10 in his career. 
it looks like his highest mark ever was 9.51. So him striking out about eight per nine, I'm okay with that. And he had a 1.86 walks per nine. That's really good. Felix's best season ever was a 1.75. So he was on pace to have his second best season from a walks perspective ever. Again, small sample size, eight games. You know, I, I don't know how much it means, but it's intriguing that he cut his walks nearly in half from last season. Uh, he was given up a whole bunch of home runs. Uh, again, juice ball, everything like that. 2.09 home runs per nine is far, 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 far and away the highest total of his career. Um, I do expect that home runs will continue to be a problem. He has diminished velocity. His, some of his secondary stuff isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, so yeah, so I'm not sure exactly what we're going to get. I think we're going to get a motivated Felix Hernandez. Um, he wants to prove to this fan base that he's not dead. He wants to prove to the rest of the league that he's not dead in case uh, he ends up somewhere else, which would be really hard to watch. Really tough to see Felix Hernandez in a different uniform, but it could happen. And if he pitches well for the last six months of the six weeks of the season, it's more likely to happen. And he might actually get himself a little bit of a payday instead of having to sign a minor league contract. Who knows? I don't think we're going to see a Felix Hernandez with a 6.52 ERA. I think he will be better than that. I don't think that that's an incredibly bold prediction necessarily, but I do think that Felix will have maybe figured some things out, maybe be more willing to make some adjustments. That's been a criticism of him in the past is that he's continued to try to be the pitcher he was in 2009, 2010, and that he just can't be that guy anymore because he's lost velocity and his, his stuff doesn't have the same kind of movement on it that it used to. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see if Felix made some of those adjustments, if he's uh, ready to be a little bit of a different pitcher, and if he can have some success for the last six weeks of the year. And that'll start on Saturday uh, in Toronto, or excuse me, in in Seattle against Toronto. So those are the two exciting ones. Marco's throwing on Sunday. They got the Yankees for a three-game series after that. All that stuff is great, and I'm looking forward to that. But Justice Sheffield and Felix Hernandez are going to be the two stories of the weekend, and I am personally very, very excited for both. Coming up, I'll break down Austin Nola's surprisingly strong season in my latest StatCast Friday segment. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service, all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON today. All right. Happy StatCast Friday, everybody. So this is my second StatCast Friday. The goal of this segment is to just kind of pick a player, a team, whatever I decide to pick, and just talk about them from a more kind of analytical perspective. We're going to use some fan graphs data. We're going to use some charts. We're going to use uh, Baseball Savant and some of the data that they come up with. Uh, any data that I use, any graphs or anything that I that I talk about, obviously I know you can't see them, so I'm going to put links to them in the podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, you should be able to see a description, and you can pull some of that stuff up if you're interested. 
Uh, today, I'm going to talk about Austin Nola. Uh, obviously, Austin Nola is having a great season with the Mariners. Um, he came to them. He spent seven years in the minor league system for the Marlins, and he never got a shot at the big leagues. Um, he played in AAA starting in 2015. He spent all of 2016 there, most of 2017 there, all of 2018 at that level, and never made the big leagues. That's got to be frustrating, especially when you're in a system like the Marlins, who aren't very good. So he... After seven seasons in the minor leagues, you were allowed to uh, elect free agency. He became a minor league free agent. He signed with the Mariners. The Mariners saw 55 games of him in AAA and thought, that's good enough. We're going to promote him. Good decision. Um, for starters, his AAA numbers were very good. He hit 327 with a 415 on base percentage, a 520 slugging percentage. He had seven home runs and four steals in just 55 games. Um, he had a 12.7% walk rate, which that's something... Nola has displayed strong walk rates throughout the minor leagues. Um, so actually, he's, he's only got a 6.2% in the big leagues. That's something that I think could jump up. Major league pitchers are obviously better. Um, so when you see hitters with strong walk rates in the minor leagues, they almost always get worse when they get to the major leagues, which is kind of just common sense. Um, but still, his is about half of what it was in AAA and significantly less than it was at pretty much every stop. So I kind of think as he gets more familiar with big league pitching, we're actually going to see him draw more walks. Uh, his strikeout rate is 20.5%, which is pretty good. That's actually not bad at all, but it is a lot higher than what he had been posting in the minor leagues. So another number that I think as he maybe gets better, I was looking at some of the graphs. Like I said, I'll post them. His strikeout numbers have steadily declined. In the big leagues, he started out striking out a lot, and it's gone down. That is to be as expected as he gets more familiar with major league pitching. He's striking out less. He's walking more. Uh, so I think that those numbers are, are are numbers that will actually improve for Austin Nola. His 308 batting average, less certain that that's going to improve. Um, his 308 batting average comes with a 354 BABIP, which is a batting average on balls in play. Um, for reference on that stat, uh, BABIP, he, the league average is about 300. So if you put a baseball in play and it's not a home run, because that's not considered in play, a ball hit in play is considered a hit roughly at about a 300 average, so 3 out of 10 times. So if a player has a BABIP considerably higher than 300, oftentimes they're probably getting lucky. You know, if a player hits has a 400 BABIP for an entire year, that probably means that they just got lucky for most of the year. There are some exceptions. Uh, fast guys, like really fast guys, like D. Gordon fast, Keon Broxton fast, Malik Smith fast, those guys tend to have higher BABIPs because they beat out more ground balls than the average player. So an average player hits a ground ball to the third baseman or the shortstop, it's a hit 3 out of 10 times. But for Keon Broxton or Malik Smith or D. Gordon, it's a hit maybe 31 out of 100 times, 32 out of 100 times. So you'll see their BABIPs kind of rise and fall. Nola has a 354 BABIP. Like I said, his sprint speed is exactly league average, so I do think that there's a little bit of luck there, particularly when you're dealing with small sample sizes. He's only gotten 146 plate appearances at the big league level. That's not that many. I do think that that number will eventually stabilize, which could hurt his batting average a little bit. Uh, also, there's a stat called X-Stats that I want to talk about. Um, expected stats. So XBA is expected batting average. What that is, is it's a stat where they take a player's launch angle and exit velocity for every single ball that they put in play, and they determine whether they think that should have been a hit. Hits like this, you know, that, that are hit at a 14.8 angle launch angle with a 89.5% exit velocity are hits this amount of time. They're doubles this percentage of time. And so then they kind of compile your stats based on kind of the, what is expected. And then you can compare that to a player's regular stats. 
So, Nola has a 241 expected batting average, and he's hitting 308. Now, I want to be very clear here. Expected batting average is not necessarily predictive of future performance. A lot of people use this for fantasy sports. It's really common for well, for fantasy baseball, obviously. And a lot of people will look at this and say, oh, he's been hitting better than he should have been hitting. Therefore, he's going to hit worse going forward. That's not entirely true. Uh, what it means is that up to this point, the way that Austin Nola has hit the baseball he should have roughly a 241 batting average as opposed to a 308 average. Clearly, there's other factors at play, whether the team was shifting, whether he just got lucky, whether he's just putting the ball in the exact right spot. I mean, there's a lot of different factors at play. Um, so does this mean that Nola's going to hit 241 excuse me, for the rest of the year? No, probably not. I, I think that he's a better hitter than 241, probably not quite a 308 hitter. I'm curious to see kind of where he lies in that, but it is interesting that there's a very big discrepancy between those two things. Nola has a league average exit velocity. Exactly. His average exit velocity is 87.5 miles per hour. That is exactly league average. Yet his hard hit rate is 40.1, excuse me, 40.4%, which means that he's hitting the ball over 90 miles an hour 40% of the time. The league average is only 34. So, What that means to me when I'm reading that is that means that Nola is also hitting the ball well below the average exit velocity a lot because if his average exit velocity is the same as the league average but he's hitting the ball hard 6% more often, means he's also hitting the ball really soft a lot, which is not great. Not what you want from from your hitters, obviously. Um, Barrel rate is a stat that obviously if you barrel up a baseball, that's a hit. I think it's a hit like 60% of the time. Um, the league average is 6% of the time. He's only barreling the ball 2.9% of the time. That is not great. Um, so th- I don't know. There's a, there's a few concerns in Austin Nola's profile that make me think that, I, you know, I'm not sure we're looking at a 300 hitter for the rest of the season. I think most Mariners fans would expect that. You know, I don't think that there's, you know, he's a, a minor league free agent who never even got a shot in Miami and is all of a sudden hitting 300 for the Mariners. It's great. It's awesome. I love it. And I'm not trying to take away from that in any way, but I don't know. I, I'm a little curious how, how this is going to play out for the rest of the year. There are some things that I really like. Um, I'm looking at a chart right here. I'll put this in the link um, uh, or in the, the description of the podcast, but his hard hit rate and his pull percentage have are like linear. They've gone in the exact same direction. They started out really low, they jumped up, and now they've kind of gone on the same path. So Nola started hitting the ball harder when he started pulling the ball more. That's generally a good thing. That's something, obviously, you know, dead pull hitters tend to have a lot of power. Um, being a dead pull hitter as a right-handed hitter in T-Mobile Park is not great because it's a big park, but the balls are juiced, so just about everybody's hitting home runs. So it, it's there, there's some interesting things about Austin Nola's profile. There's some things that maybe indicate some regression is coming soon. Um Again, this is just data. There's a lot more to it than that. Where he's hitting in the lineup, where the guys around, how the guys around him are hitting. I think Noah's performance goes up when Tom Murphy's hitting home runs, when Kyle Seager's hitting home runs, because it pitchers tend to throw more strikes when they're behind. And and there's a lot of things that factor into this that aren't necessarily just numbers on a screen. But I am curious how Noah's going to do the rest of the year and how the Mariners are going to value him going forward. That's that's a whole different conversation. We'll get into that one eventually. Um, there's no reason for the Mariners to trade Nola right now. I think they keep him around and see what they have in him. But at the same time, he's 29. So, you know, probably not a part of your, your future. So 
if they think they could maybe get something for him, maybe they'd look to deal him, but I suspect that teams are probably not going to be dishing out big things for Austin Nola, even if he is hitting 300. So, yeah, that was your StatCast Friday segment for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, our final segment, as always, is birthdays. Today is August 23rd, and we have two former Mariners' birthdays today. First up is Max Povsey. Some of you may remember Max Povsey. He came over from the Atlanta Braves in the Alex Jackson trade. He joined the Mariners in 2017 and made it up to the big leagues that year. He only threw three games, uh, 3.2 innings pitched. He was not particularly good. He had a 7.36 ERA. Uh, He went back down. It was kind of expected that he would be a a part of the Mariners' future. He was only 23 years old, uh, and things just really unraveled for him. He had a 7.39 ERA that year in AAA, uh, and then in 2018, he threw with AAA again, and he had an 8.84 ERA. He just fell apart. He was better in AA, uh, a 3.41 ERA at that level, but at that point, I think he'd kind of just you know, worn out his welcome. So that was it for him, unfortunately. Um, He's just 26. So maybe there's still time for him someday, but he's he hasn't pitched in professional baseball this year. So we'll see. But happy 26th birthday to Max Povsey. Next up is our only other birthday for the day. It is happy 50 it is a happy 55th birthday to Jeff Manto. Jeff Manto is the definition of a journeyman. He played from 1990 to 2000. He played with eight different teams across those 10 years. Uh, That included a brief stop in Seattle in 1996. He played in 21 games for the team. He hit a buck 85 with a home run, four RBIs. Uh, Yeah, never really got himself established anywhere. He did have one really good, well, one pretty good season with Baltimore in 1995. He played 89 games and he hit 17 home runs. So that's kind of random for reference. He had 31 career home runs. 17 of them came that year. So one of those years, he, like I said, he ended up in Seattle the next year, and things did not go nearly as well, um, and they kind of never really went all that well for him since then. So, But, you know, still carved out nine years in the big leagues, so he can remember that decade with fondness, and uh, that's happy 55th birthday to Mr. Jeff Manto. All right, coming up on Monday, I will recap the Mariners' three-game series against Toronto, and I'll answer some fan questions in our Mariners Mailbag Monday segment. Once again, I'm Andy Patton. You can find me on Twitter at AndyPattonSEA. You can find the Locked On Mariners podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and go Mariners!